And cue music. I don't know how many of you have heard, but there's a flesh-eating virus going around. Yeah, it's called music. Welcome back. Yeah, man. Haven't done Good one to these see in you. a while. But... Almost forgot your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, anything you want to talk about before we dive into the, the subject matter? Um... I don't. I'm just excited to eat those ribs on my yeah, smoker right yeah, now. But shit. yeah, man, it's finally a good day, and here we are sitting inside. I know. That's. I feel bad. Like, hey, yeah. can we play basketball? No, an hour. Me yeah. and Andy's got some nice little recording to do in the basement. I'm sorry, Harry. Inside, it's a long day. Disappointing my child. Yeah, man. It's okay. hyped up. But I'll Trust do the worm me. later. Hey, I'm his father. He's used to huh? disappointment. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Oh, shit. Anyhow. We're talking about Kiss, but then you just got a Kiss record last night, too. I did, man. My cousin brought me a copy of uh, an original pressing of uh, Creatures of the Night. I expected it just to be, you know, fucking tattered, man, just beaten to death and, you know. Because most people don't take care of their vinyl collection. Not from, not people that have had it for that long. Yeah. And, like, he's not into it anymore. Like, he doesn't have, like, he listens to everything on Spotify. He always brings up Spotify, and I want to punch him. Oh, I listen to your music on Spotify. Well, cool. Thanks for the one-sixteenth of a penny that you provided me. But uh, anyhow, so he brought it over because he was in town, and I was like, holy shit, this sleeve looks like it's in really good shape. And he didn't even have it in a plastic sleeve. And yeah. so it wasn't even protected, but I guess he just kept it in a box or whatever. So then I opened it up, you know, and pulled the record out. And I was like, it looks dirty, but it doesn't really look that bad. So then I threw it on my cleaner, you know, spinning it and everything and pulled it out. was like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> so I threw it on. I was like, well, let's listen to it and see how it plays, you know. And fuck, dude, it didn't like, aside from the needle first dropping and those first couple hisses and crackles, and then the music hit, and there wasn't one fucking, like, hiss or crackle through the whole first side. I didn't listen to the second side yet. I'm just assuming it's the same, because it looks like it's in the same condition, but I was like, god damn, man. Talk about a score. Yeah, it looks brand new. Yeah, considering, you know, what it goes for, I told him, too, I said, you realize you could probably get... At least a hundred dollars, maybe two hundred for this. He's like, nah, I don't care, whatever, just keep yeah. it. I'm like, okay, damn. You got anything else laying around like that? I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So that was really cool because that, you know, that is definitely one of my fucking all-time favorite Kiss albums. So, and I love that era anyhow. And I wish that there would have been more yeah. out of that, which I think we're gonna later do an episode. Kind of more specifically based around that era, but so I'm with we'll you on that. We'll wait for that when yeah. it gets here, I guess. But so I don't know if you want to fill everybody in on what the specific topic is because it's obviously Kiss, but we've yeah, this was like my idea, so I guess maybe I should explain it. Well, we barely talked about Kiss before, like, I think we only talked about them kind of once because I was like, hey, what's your favorite uh, um, album of the Unmasked era with no makeup and you? said like revenge i think that's really the only time we've really talked about kiss so i thought maybe we could yeah break it up into chunks and do like the classic era you know with like the four originals and uh do 
basically 1974 to 77 in their first like six albums. And it seems like and, they kind of bookended that era of the band. They did three right. studio albums and a live album, and three more studio albums and another live album. Yeah. No, I agree. It almost has to be broken up. I mean, I think the idea I threw out there was doing just like makeup era and non-makeup era, but then that's like yeah, still the makeup era would be two eras. Really? Because yeah, then you still kind of had members coming in and out. Yeah, there was just kind of end of that weird shit going on the last going on on the last few albums and stuff. And you know, Dynasty was like the first album where they started doing kind of different styles or whatever, like you know, yeah, disco quote unquote. Even though I don't know, to me, I was made for loving you. I guess a lot of people back in the day, it probably was like, ah, fuck them, man. This is a disco song. But I mean, like, I didn't grow up in that era, so I don't know yeah. the impact that had, and I wasn't around for the disco era. To me, it just sounds like a disco-influenced rock song. Yeah. I think, I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole, yeah. but I really like that album, and I think seeing it's a disco album is just kind of dismissing it. Yeah. Well, you're just taking one song, and yeah. yeah. We'll get yeah. to that one on another episode, but I'm with you. There's, It's not my favorite album at all, but yet it's like, it's got a few really great fucking songs, yeah. you know? So, and I could kind of see leaving it out of this era, like that we're gonna talk to or uh, talk about, because Peter Chris only, I guess, like played on the song he sang on, so right. he wasn't really on the album either. Yeah. So I mean, stick to the kind of yeah. Uh, that's cool. definitely when things started getting. You know, you didn't know who the fuck was playing on those records by that point. So, yeah. did you want to start by just going over what our favorite, like we? Ranked the albums. Yeah. Do you just want to do that first and then do the songs? Sure. Okay. How would you rank these uh, six albums? So my, I just ranked them. Love Guns, my least favorite out of, out of the, you know, classic yeah. era, hands down. I mean, honestly, like, I don't know what it is. I'm just not a huge fan of a lot of the songs on it, like Tomorrow and Tonight. It's, you know, it's a catchy enough song and stuff, but it just seems like a lot of the songs on there are just dumbed down. I mean, it's Kiss, so a lot of their stuff's dumbed down. Anyhow. So I realize the irony here, like some people yeah. are going to fucking laugh at my comment, but that's like almost even too generic. Like even for Kiss, it's generic, you know? And then there's the cover yeah. at the end and stuff, and it's just, I don't know. To me, that album is just super fucking watered down, Yeah, you know? Um, but um, I agree, because like I would put that at the bottom as well, like... It's got, I guess, one of the best Kiss songs with Love Gun. Right. And then, like, even the cover's cool. That might be one of their coolest album covers. Right. But then, just when you listen to it, it sounds really almost disjointed or something. Yeah. So I can't really rate the album that high based off just the title and the, like, one song. Yeah. And stuff. But it actually, like, when you listen to it, it sounds good. Like, it... It's a good produced album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but it just... I mean, even like one of the better songs, like Plaster Caster, but it's like the lyrics to that are just so like, what? I To where it loses me a little bit, like I at least it's catchy and I kind of yeah. like the arrangement on that one and stuff. It doesn't seem as, I don't know, a lot of the other songs, it's like they just didn't even try. Like Christine 16 yeah. to me sounds like they didn't even try. Like it just was like, and then it's they really... came up with something that rhymed and then, yeah. okay, which that works, and people love that song too. I guess it's really creepy, Gene, though, because I hate his yeah. little like spoken word thing where he's like, "I saw you coming out of school, 
and I knew I had to have you. And it's like, ugh, like I almost kind of cringed. I pulled up in my rape van. (laughs) Yeah. And I just knew. And wasn't he a fucking school teacher too before? I mean, he was like a professor, I think, or something at a college before Kiss. But I guess, I don't know. I'm not going to get into that. Um, so my no, so then my next one would be Dressed to Kill. Oh, shit. And Damn. there's songs I really like on it. It's just that's really a matter of, uh, dude, I mean, really the other five albums are really fucking good. But that one to me has some songs that have always kind of been like, I don't know, like room service. I'm not, I don't know. I've just never been a big fan of that song. There's just some songs like that where I'm just like, whatever, you know, I'm not going (laughs) to, I'm not going to start talking about songs because you're going to start giving shit away. I can already tell, but, and then I don't want to give away any of my picks either because there are songs on there that are fucking killer, but as a whole album, to me, it's just not a solid front to back. And then I'd go with hotter than hell. Which is tough because, dude, there's some days where this, like if I fucking five years ago or even a different week or whatever, I might have ranked that like number two, you mm-hmm. know, because I really do love that album. I think there's killer arrangements, super underrated songs. It's super, I like using the word super a lot apparently today, but it's kind of been, it kind of got fucked over because the production quality of it. Like if that album was produced better, I think that it would be a better album mm-hmm. at least for people that you know can't get past the production quality me i can listen to it and really enjoy it for what it is like there's albums that sound like dog shit that i love so you know production quality's never been like necessarily the uh selling point for me but there are some songs on there that are great there are some songs that are probably the best arrangements ever so um and then i would i think my number three and there's two albums of theirs that always go back and forth. It's always hard for me. You ask me one day where I'm in one mood, I might mm-hmm. tell you that Destroyer is here and Rock and Roll Over is here, but I, I would say Destroyer is my number three. Rock and Roll Over is my number two, and honestly, the first album is my number one. Damn, we're like totally the opposite, basically, on this. Really? Yeah. What the f... Well, what did you I'm get so wrong, cool. Andy? <laughs> So why did you have Kiss, um, the Kiss self-titled as your number one? Honestly, there's a there's a few reasons. One, I think it would be aside from this is the only thing, Kissing Time. I try to just pretend because that wasn't originally on yeah, the album, yeah. and I wish they just would fucking reissue it without that goddamn song. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Because to me, I just exclude that. Because it wasn't on the original release, so I don't count it. I pretend it's not there. And if that's the case, it's a fucking flawless record. Mm-hmm. Every song is great. Every song's a hit. That easily could be my top fucking, you know, Kiss songs right there. Just that record. They're so good. And it sounds good. For a debut album, it sounds really good. And here's the other thing. It's the one album where I think Peter Chris is playing as a drummer actually shines. He came in. They hadn't tried to maybe control him yet as a drummer and mm-hmm. make him be more of a John Bonham because that was always kind of the thing. They were trying to make him kind of like this bigger rock drummer type, and he's really more of a you know jazz drummer. Yeah. He played in jazz clubs and everything for years, and he just wasn't that kind of drummer. <clears throat> and I think that first album is like the one album where if you listen, like his playing is brilliant on it. Some of the fucking fills and shit, like... 
that's Peter Chris being Peter Chris. And he was a brilliant drummer, you know, before they basically tried to micromanage him as a player. And then, well, yeah, if he's not that kind of player and you're trying to make him that player, he's going to fall flat on his face, you know? Mm. It's like if I went and joined a fucking, I don't know, say an Aerosmith tribute band, and then all of a sudden, like, a year, two years later, they're like, all right, we're going to be a Van Halen tribute band. You got the wrong fucking guitar player, dude. Like, I can't play that shit. I can play Aerosmith, but I can't fucking finger tap and do all that Eddie Van Halen <laughs> shit. I mean, same kind of thing. Like, you can't just you can't hire a guy because he's great at doing this one thing and then turn around a couple albums later and be like, you know what? You're not doing it right. You need to be doing it like, like fuck, that ain't him. But anyhow, my point is that that right there is what, to me, makes the first Kiss album very unique and stand out from the rest of the albums. It's oh, really the only album where they ever sounded like that. Damn, you just kind of sold me on that. I mean, maybe I need to go back and like reevaluate my whole life, I guess, on <laughs> Shit. Well, I hadn't had enough to drink yet. It's pretty early. This mm-hmm. is my first beer, and so I guess usually I just don't. I don't know. I usually probably have like a bunch of really stupid oh, points. You sound more. <laughs> I, I, I was more convinced. Later, yeah, I was. You're... By the end of this episode, I'll just be babbling. Well, I hope not. We have a long day ahead of us, but. Oh yeah, we do. Well, these six albums, since it was my idea to rank them, I would go like this. So, so like number six, we were in agreement. The only place we were in agreement. Yeah. Number six. Love Gun, because even though it's peak Kiss, that was like peak of their probably career or something. It's like it, it's uh, weak, right? Or Not to rhyme peak and weak, but it kind of. Fits I like there. that. So number five, I have um, going with number five. I've actually got the self-titled one. Oh my gosh! Well, because here was my thing. fair enough. Is though. Because I, mean, I, I thought it. it almost sounded to me listening to the album. Sure, everybody's first album is kind of like different than the rest because some bands evolve and do different right. things. Well, this you one, figure they spent like ten years writing that record. Yeah, or not maybe not ten. But yeah, because a lot of the songs are like Wicked, Wicked Lester, Lester songs. Yeah. So, so that's why I have it down as an album from start to finish. It sounds a little bit more like disjointed because at least when you listen to Love Gun, it's like really good polished. Stuff, right? Then you've got you've listened to Hotter Than Hell and it's really muddy and you know, right. but it all sounds still cohesive. That, you know what you're going to get with each album, but this kind of sounds disjointed because you got a couple different songs that are Wicked Lester, then you've obviously got the A songs, and then you've got like almost like at the end, you've got heavy metal songs, so it sounds kind of different, you know. Yeah. But so that's why I had it at five. That you might have just described another reason why that album's my favorite. <laughs> Oh, because not meaning to, because I yeah. think it is diverse. It's yeah. got a lot yeah, of different kind of songs. Yeah. So yeah. I guess you could look at it either way. You could consider it diverse if you love that about it. And then if you don't love that about it, it could just be kind of like, eh, it seems like it jumps all over to me. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. And then, so number four, I had Rock and Roll Over, which, as you were saying, it's kind of something's got to go a little bit lower. And that one, sure, is number four, but I feel like that one is like a solid fucking rock record. You like put it on and it's fucking, these guys are just like fucking ripping on that album. Like it's just like in your face, like blowing the roof off with like, you know, rock or whatever. So number three, I actually had Dressed to Kill. And 
you were kind of talking about the production of that one, and it is kind of like... Well, the production of that one's maybe not quite uh, hotter than hell. I think hotter than hell. Yeah, but I guess their manager produced it, so... But it is a little weak. Seems like some of the the songs lack, like, the... I'll say this. The songs I like from Dress to Kill are fucking awesome on Alive. Like, Alive makes those songs, like... Obviously, like, rock and roll all night, right? Yeah. And that version on that album is so tough to listen to. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just kind of... Oh, no. <laughs> just, you said something, I started going yeah. on a tangent, but... Yeah. Um, to me, I think with that one, though, I it was actually the songwriting that I feel yeah. like some of the songs were weaker, about half of yeah, them. Yeah, it's you just know? rushed, because yeah. I guess they wanted another album. But I thought that that actually, to me, this last week, I thought, well, that's kind of like rock and roll, man. It doesn't have to have a lot of money or a high budget, yeah. you know, to rock. I agree. You know, that's actually the definition of rock and roll. Just go in and cut an album, and boom, don't think about it, and just cut it. Just rock and then roll out. Yeah. <laughs> so number two... Though this is one that flip flops with me. My number two was Destroyer. And when I first dove into Kiss, I fucking loved that album because I already liked Alice Cooper and they've got Bob Ezra in production. So he just like fucking polished them, almost kicked their ass and was like, hey man, play this parts, don't be sloppy. You know, like it was like a drill sergeant and shit and added in all these like, you know, I don't know, like if there's like. Uh, calliope and shit and all these weird instruments and shit so i just loved it but some of the songwriting is a little bit weaker like i don't know like i don't really like like some of gene's songs on there um as much so that kind of knocked it down but now my favorite kiss album fucking with an exclamation mark is hotter than hell and that was one that i initially dismissed because of the muddy shitty production but that fucking makes that album because it sounds like fucking spooky and it sounds rough. And it just, I don't know, dude. No, there's a lot of great songs It's on just that one, like man. a chef kiss. It's just, <laughs> fuck, dude, that's kiss right there. Hotter than hell. No, I concur. Like I said, like, there's times where I would put Hotter Than Hell at number two right behind the first mm-hmm. album, you know. But I think for some reason, like, and I probably wouldn't, like... <sighs> I didn't expect myself to like rank Destroyer as high as I did, but I think I just, I kind of wrote it off. I don't want to say I wrote it off because I love that album, but I would always kind of put it under other albums because of it being so well produced. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like they almost over slicked it a little bit. Because everything yeah. else is kind of rougher and yeah, you know. yeah. You know, really, at the end of the day, man, like, Alive 1 is the best Kiss record. Yeah. I mean, we weren't, we were ranking the studio albums, but, which, Alive and Alive 2 is, you know, almost a studio album, too, with yeah. all the shit they went oh, in yeah. and polished and whatnot. But, I mean, uh, uh, to me, if there was one record where it was like somebody had never listened to Kiss, and they're like, what should I listen to? It's a fucking no-brainer. Here take a live home and you know that i mean and i like a live one better than a live two better than fucking anything honestly yeah and that is one thing where it's like well that's pretty amazing to you know usually it's not the case where i'm like yeah this band's live record isn't my favorite record you know but i think a lot of that has to do with the you know post-production 
stuff, you know, yeah. that they kind of went in and fixed and tweaked and everything. But they made like a really great sounding live experience, you know, quote unquote, live experience coming through your speakers. Yeah. And I don't know if any other bands really done it quite like that or that good, you know. Yeah, because really that's what you get when you go see Kiss, though. You get the it's the hottest band in the world, Kiss. And then, boom, there's, like, shit blowing up, and you can yeah. hear shit blowing up on the album. Yeah. And they're just, like, rocking your face. Yep. So. Fuck yeah. Or, as yeah. Gene would say, yeah! <laughs> and then Paul Stanley. Woo! Like, How you people doing tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Are you drift to kill? <laughs> well, I guess it's song time, man. And yeah. so... I have a feeling we have the same honorable mention because it was really oh, okay. funny when you asked me the question about the yeah. extra tracks, the new tracks on Alive 2. Yeah. Because I already had one song planned to be my honorable mention, and it was All American Man. Yeah. And I actually had a feeling that was going to be your honorable mention. Uh, no, but... that actually would have been on my list. Yeah. Uh, okay. But then I thought, well, shoot, should I rearrange this? Because there is All-American Man. If we include how it's like uh, the first six studio albums and then a live one and a live two. Right. A live two had extra studio tracks. Right. I probably would have so, included it on mine, too. Yeah. But that's So that's what prompted me to make yeah. it my honorable mention. Yeah. That's a fucking great song. Yeah. It's a very yeah. overlooked song, and, you yeah. know. That's my honorable mention as well. And here's something else I'll say. I thought it was cool. There was one time I saw Great Affairs, and they played that song in their set. Yep. So I thought it was cool that they uh, tackled that one. I recall that as well. Yeah. Well, I suppose we can dive right into this yeah. song countdown. All right. Um, would you like to start, or should I, or... Um, I'll start, I guess. I realize, too, I think I have a song, at least one song from every album that we've talked about. I don't know if I do, now that I think about it. Yeah, I don't have anything off of, well, okay. I'm not going to yeah. spoil anything, but All right. to say it when we get there, I guess. So go ahead. So my number 10 is from Dress to Kill, and it is She. Holy fuck, that's my number 10. Oh, 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 wow, weird. <laughs> Well, it's oh man, it's cool. It's a Gene song, and then how you were even saying something like I think about John Bonham's drumming. There's like some cool drumming going on there from Peter Chris, and like I don't know, I got the song going through my head right now. She walks at moonlight or whatever. Yeah. So that was. The first Kiss song I ever learned to play on guitar. Oh, really? Like when I was first learning to play guitar, you know. And I think there was like a Kiss, like I subscribed to Guitar World magazine, you know. And I got a yeah. issue in the mail that had like a Kiss section. And it just had like a bunch of random riffs. Yeah. Not like complete songs or anything. But it had like She and some of the riffs, yeah. the main riffs and stuff from there. Most of the song really. But so anyhow... I learned to play that on guitar, and, and maybe that's, I, I mean, I wonder if that's why it's one of my favorites, but I've just always loved that riff and the groove, you yeah. know? It's yeah, like, like the groove is a good The groove is it. the song. Like, yeah. you think about it, there's not a great chorus. Yeah. There's not any, there sure as fuck ain't any lyrics that, you yeah. know, really make you think or anything, but... You know, it's just something about that. Yeah. You know, 
Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, it's yeah. We're in a yeah, that's spot. something too that I've noticed. Like the last week or so, really diving into Kiss is that I think I overlooked like Gene as a player because like I got into player, Kiss man. way later. I didn't actually get into Kiss until like ten years ago or so. It was like 2011, and for some reason, like I never liked Kiss. But one day it was like a light bulb, boom, like flipped on. And I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I'll check out Kiss. And it's like, I think before then I was into like prog rock and like, you know, like Dream Theater and yeah. stuff and all these like. Too cool to like Kiss. So many notes, like all this like throwing in all these notes and like long ass songs that sometimes a simple little three minute song is fucking cool. You know, like everything has like its place in music. Fuck yeah. And uh, so I guess what I'm saying is I came late to the party. So at that point, Gene was like a reality show and he seemed like he was like, you know, he's really opinionated and like always like talking about shit. So it's hard to like Gene. Right. But then when you listen to the songs, it's like he does add a lot to the band. Like He's He's a very underrated bass player. Yeah. People write him off as being just, you know, a shitty, simple bass player. Like, all he does is play three notes or whatever the fuck. Whatever people say. I don't know what they say. But I've heard people dog on him. Like, oh, he's not a good bass player. Dude, he's a good bass player. Like, his bass lines, you listen to some of that shit, and it's really fucking good. Yeah. I mean, it's not flashy. You know, it's he's not slapping down some fucking Les Claypool shit or anything. (laughs) But, I mean... The grooves and stuff, and his. I, yeah, I'm not gonna go on about it. He's just fuck all the people that dog on him. He's a great bass yeah. player. He really is, you know. And he comes more from the school of, you know, old school. I guess rock you and just gotta separate shit, you know? the personality from the player too. Sometimes, which sometimes oh, yeah. for me it's really hard to do. Yeah. But if you separate the two, he like is almost embodies Kiss, right? You know, with the flashy cartoon stuff. And then, you know, the bass. He's the most. Like uh, the groove. I think he's the one most, like, kids know, like, yeah. they know him as Kiss. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Harry, he was the one Harry gravitated towards. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he knew Gene Simmons' name before the other members, which really now even he probably only, if you ask him, I don't know. He might. I know he would know him and Paul Stanley. But, yeah, because he says he wants to be Gene Simmons for Halloween, but then he changed yeah. his mind a couple times. Yeah. Right? But, I always try to, like, get him to come uh, buy, like, a Paul Stanley Ibanez Iceman with me, just for an excuse to get another guitar, you know. But <laughs> my kids are on Team Mom, where they're always like, you don't need another guitar. I'm going to tell Mom. But I feel like there's been a couple times where I'm like, hey, what if they have a Paul Stanley guitar? Oh, okay. What's mom going to say? We ain't going to tell her. <laughs> so she ain't going to say shit. Oh, okay. Then he's sold on it, right? But if I was like, <laughs> hey, I'm going to buy this Les Paul, I'm telling mom. <laughs> so what can you do? Well, shit, we have the same number 10. How about so your number nine? Number nine is one that I'm going to get laughed at. And it's probably one it's that how. Kissing time, I quit. How I said, um, like, All-American Man, I think I would have, like, you know, just knocked it off and had All-American Man at my number nine. But my number nine is from Rock and Roll Over, and it's Baby Driver. Dude, 
Okay, I'm not going to say where I rank it, but it's on my list. Holy shit, are we going to have the same fucking list? Because I'll tell you like, I'll tell you right now, it's one of my favorite Kiss songs. Really? Because actually, I kind of like, for the longest time, like when I first was getting into <coughs> Kiss, that one was one of my favorites. And then it seemed like, yeah, like in the last 10 years I've been a fan, all of my favorites have like flip-flopped. Whereas I really liked Rock and Roll Over, and then I just kind of ignored it for the longest time. But diving back into it... This last week, it's like how I said all the plane is on fucking fire on this album. Like they oh, just yeah. seemed like somebody lit a <clears throat> somebody lit a fire under their ass. Peter Chris is like his like singing is even oh, like damn. baby drive. Oh, I don't know. He's like Peter Chris. I'm just gonna say it. He's got the best rock voice out of the he whole does. band. He does. He's man. got like the raspy Rod Stewart thing. Yeah, maybe not quite the range of Rod Stewart, but I mean. He has a fucking awesome voice. Dude, I even had that thought. I've had this thought for a long time. If he was just the sole singer, they would almost be like maybe even a metal band or they would be a totally different band because he can pull off like the metal shit that they had, like, you know, Black Diamond and stuff that's really heavy. And he can pull off, you know, obviously the ballads like Beth. Right. So he's probably the most, yeah, diverse like singer in the group. Everybody else kind of sticks to their own yeah, range. Yeah, I mean, Gene has his thing, and yeah, Ace definitely has his one dimension. And, <laughs> you yeah. know, but shit, man. Here, like, cheers. We're having the my empty beer bottle. Yeah, mine's almost empty. But yeah, shit. I didn't think you'd have Baby Driver. I thought I'd be laughed out. Of I'm your not even gonna tell you where it ranks, but because um, I don't because yeah. It's up there. I'm just going to say this. That is absolutely my favorite song on Rock and Roll Over. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, I love that fucking song. I, I want thought to it was like a throwaway track. Yeah, looking, at the track list, looking at the track listing, I thought it was a throwaway thing. Like, I've always you know, thought I that would be the cool it. one to cover, yeah. you know? Because it's like the you pull that out in a bar or something, and the you know right people are going to think you're the shit. You mm-hmm. might lose half the fucking crowd. Yeah. They're going to go get a beer like, I don't know this fucking song. You'd win over the people that matter. But the Kiss fans would be yeah. like, dude, that's fucking badass. Now, unless I just butcher it, take a giant yeah. shit on it. So my number nine, yeah, speaking shit. of giant shits, is Deuce. <laughs> <laughs> I have that on my list, but I'm not going to say when I have that. I, dude, I love that song. It's just kind of dumb in a way, you know? He's worth a deuce. But the riff, dude, the riff is, and I don't even know what that voice was. That did not sound like Gene Simmons. It sounded like a 90-year-old man. Oh, he's worth a deuce. There's something like that. But the riff, dude, like the guitar riffs are fucking cool, and it's just one of those that when they bust that out, or, you know, that'd be a cool one to cover too, you know? Like, it's just got energy, just that, and I'm pumping my fist now because... That's just a song that, man, makes you want to pump your fist. Yeah, and isn't that the one, like, when you watch videos of the three of them, Ace and Paul and Gene, they're doing that kind of, like, oh, yeah. in sync, kind of, like, you yep. know, swinging. So live, guitars. it's, like, so fucking, yeah. like, just, it's the live song from Kiss, yeah. I think. If you watch all the old videos, like, especially, like, that first anthology DVD set, yeah. like, all those old fucking first club shows and stuff that there's videos of on there i mean that's got to be the song where people were just like yeah this fucking band's gonna do something you know what i mean like so yeah man 
like, well, shit, I'm not going to really say anything more than that because it's, I'll say a little bit more later. Well, let's, uh, I want to hear what your number eight is. My number eight. <laughs> I want to see if it's something on my list. Well, shit, we might have the same songs then just, just in different a different orders, order. Yeah. Um, so my number eight is from Hotter Than Hell, and it's another Peter Chris vocal, and it's Strange Ways. Yeah, I didn't have that on my And that either. song, How I Said Peter Chris, just kind of nails the early like <clears throat> metal like sound that they had. That's a very... Yeah, um, it's an Ace written song, and then like Peter sang on kind it, kind of Zeppelin-y sort of, in a way yeah. or something. Yeah, something about it. Maybe it's more deep purplish. There's something where it's just like yeah. it's not quite a Kiss song. Yeah, it doesn't. It's sound more drawn like from else. kind of the more like I don't want to say psychedelic. Mm. Influenced hard rock bands. Twisted Days. To me, it had some Zeppelin qualities and maybe some Deep Purple qualities. I don't know. Uh, But But yeah, like. Cool song. And dude, I had a feeling that song would be on your list. I was listening to everything, like a bunch of shit throughout the week and whatever. And I listened to that song earlier in the week and I was like, you know what? Andy always ends up picking the weirdest fucking. Like, he always ends up having. The most oddball song. On See, his and list. I thought Baby Driver would do. And that. I thought, and I thought, I bet Andy has this on his list. And I was kind of just joking with myself, yeah. like, "Fuck, um, I didn't," you know. But it's funny that it's on your list. Yeah, but that is funny. It is. But kinda... like, uh, the first time I heard this was on a Megadeth box set. I bought uh, this box set they had. I think it was like War Chest, maybe, and oh, it looks yeah. like a little like little box of like ammunition or something. Yeah, I remember that. And they had a bunch of. It's one of those box sets that doesn't have that studio albums, but it's got just like a mix of everything, and then like B sides and stuff. And they covered uh, "Strange Ways." Hmm. And so like, that was the first time I heard it. And it was cool. I, mean, I don't think I've heard that. Well, that's I don't know, man. I got to give you a little bit more. Yeah. You know, a little bit more cred for being hardcore than me. Oh. So, sorry, I'm sitting over here massaging my neck. Uh-huh. I've just, I've got like a fucking muscle right here that's just You've like been headbanging all tight. day? Yeah, I was just headbanging. <laughs> headbanging to kiss all morning prepping for this, dude. All right, man. Well, you're up. All right, number eight. Coming home. Oh, shit. Cool. Cool. I don't have that. Not on your list. All right, well, there you go. So, finally, number eight's where the... The curveballs came in. But, Coming home to you. And you know, here's the thing. The studio version, cool. But I think I fell in love with this song and really became a huge fan when the Unplugged album came out. Yeah. I mean, because it just was like, that version is really fucking great. Like, yeah. that that version's better than the original. You know what I mean? Like, there's just something about it. And there's a few songs on there that I feel that way about yeah. on that Unplugged album. But... <clears throat> But yeah, dude, that's that's just a really un-kiss kiss song. You know what I mean? Like it just almost doesn't. Yeah. It almost seems like something somebody else would have written. Talking about coming home, and you mentioned the unplugged, and that was actually the album that probably might be my favorite Kiss album overall is the Unplugged. And that's the one that sold me on the band. And it's really weird because I remember this. I don't remember the specific song that was playing, but I went into Acme Comics to look at CDs because I hadn't been there in years. They had a song that was playing and I was like, 
what the fuck is this? This is fucking cool. And it turned out it was something from Kiss um, Unplugged. And I was like, holy shit. I always thought Kiss was like stupid. I like some of their songs, but I thought they were kind of stupid overall. It like strips away everything, you know, the bombs and it strips away, you know, all the bombast. <laughs> yeah, like it strips away everything and it shows off that there are some really good songs underneath, oh, yeah. you know, everything. So, yeah, what I'm saying is the unplugged thing kind of sold me on Kiss. I think it did me too because, like, that came, I bought it when it came out. Like, I was at Sam Goody or Music Land or oh, whatever, yeah. and I bought it when it was new, like, it, like the week it came out. <clears throat> And prior to that, I was just like a kid that knew Kiss, liked some songs, yeah. wasn't a huge fan. I, you know what I mean? Like, there were songs I liked and everything, but I hadn't really, really gotten into them. And I'm trying to think. I, if I remember correctly, I think I had bought Dress to Kill on CD by that point. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, oh, man. Because, you know, like, I was used to hearing, like, the Alive version of rock and roll all night and everything. And so that album, like, to a teenager that was expecting something really huge, I was kind of like, ah, man, I thought Room Service was a dumb fucking song and a few other things on there I just thought were dumb. And so I kind of almost just was like, ah, I'm not really into Kiss, you know? Even though I thought I would be, and being a kid and everything, there's that, like, you know, just kind of lure you in, like you're intrigued, you know what I mean, and everything. But, uh... For some reason, uh, oh no, I know what it was. Revenge, when it came out, I actually, that's when I started paying attention again. And because I remember I don't, or I just want to coming on MTV and was seeing the video for it. And I was like, wow, man, that fucking actually kind of rips. And I don't remember if I bought that right away. Maybe I did. I can't remember. But I remember they were on the Conan O'Brien show. Mm-hmm. Conan O'Brien went to the Kiss conventions and shit when they started doing those. And then they came on, Kiss came on at the end of the episode and played and did an acoustic version of um, Domino. And then I think maybe Rock and Roll All Night. I'm not 100% sure. But anyhow, because that was fuck, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, fast forward a little bit after that, the Unplugged album came out. And I was like, oh, all right, you know. I've kind of just been writing these guys off lately, I guess. But um, they, uh, I like the acoustic stuff that they did on Conan O'Brien. I was actually surprised how good the stuff sounded acoustic. And... So I bought the album and I got it home and put it on and it was just like, fuck, man. It made me love like a lot of those songs that I necessarily wasn't a fan of, you know, and like coming home being a prime example, but, uh, some of the other ones as well. So yeah, Yeah, I get what you're saying. I think the same way got to choose is on harder than hell and it wasn't on uh, the album, but it was part of their set for the uh, unplugged thing, and I like that version of "Got to Choose" more than the album version too. Well, they did it yeah. right, man. You yeah. know, so got to choose. <laughs> I'll do. I'll do Harry's uh, Paul Stanley impression. All right, welcome to Kith. <laughs> he always, he always would say that. Like, I don't know where the hell it came from, but one day he just out of nowhere. 
<laughs> he was just like, yeah, welcome to Kith. <laughs> and uh, it just became like the funny joke between me and Courtney yeah. like all the time. <laughs> He's so, so shy about it because sometimes I've like heard him do Kith stuff, but then there's been times where we've been outside on your patio and you're like, hey, like do Kith. Or Courtney's like, sing Kith. He like doesn't. And he won't do and it. He's like, he's like yeah. no. Yeah, he's but like, I love how he was going around going, I want you, I want you, and he just kept saying it like that. Dude, no joke, when I introduced him to Kiss, he was obsessed with the Rock and Roll Over album cover. Yeah, I remember that. He's like, and he didn't want me to play anything except for that album. Yeah, it was like, all you had in your uh I just car. drove around with that thing in my car for months because, and if I played anything else, he was just like, this ain't Kiss. Yeah, <laughs> it's like with this fucking kiss, man. I'm telling you, he knew. He got to the point to where I couldn't fool him, though. I'd put something else on, you know, like Aerosmith or something, where I thought, like, well, classic rock. He's young. He hasn't heard a lot of stuff. Maybe I can bullshit him and trick him. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, man, what do you think of this Kiss song? This isn't Kiss. <laughs> Fuck, he's got me there. Where were we at? I think I just did my number eight. Yeah, my number eight was uh, Strange Ways. And I did Coming Home, so we're on to your number seven. My number seven is maybe how we're talking about Gene, maybe his uh, signature song, but it wasn't written by Gene. Uh, so my number seven uh, almost is, made my list. is God of Thunder from Destroyer. And that is a song where I think it was like really Bob Ezrin, how I mentioned his production, that really like took over because it was a Paul song and it was more right. like a rock and roll song. And then they really slowed it down and gave it to Gene. And it's like, God of Thunder. But then it's got this weird kids in the background. Like, yeah. like it sounds like they're talking on walkie-talkies or something. Yeah. And it's got these... Really, almost atmospheric effects, and I think that it just really makes the song too, and it sounds yeah. cool as hell. That is like, man, I had a hard time not having that on my list. Yeah, but it was one of those where it was like, well, fuck, something's got to go. Like there were yeah. a couple of them that just, I guess. And you know what? Again, any other week it might have been like God of Thunder's on there, hands down. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that, because that is. The ultimate Gene song. <laughs> it really is. So yeah, because that's when he does the blood thing, or he does the bat thing, and like boom, flies up to the ceiling, yeah. whatever, up to the rafters. You got to give his old ass credit yeah. for still doing that. Yeah. So, you know, not only is he old, but he's kind of fat. Yeah. So, <laughs> and he's still <laughs> he's still up for all that shit. Yeah. So, hell, yeah. I'm scared of heights. So, yeah, I um, couldn't do that. I'm pretty admirable of you know yeah. that shit. Like, yeah, okay, man. I wish I could do that, but I can't. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'll tell you what. My number seven, it's kind of funny because I, I almost had like the perfect segue into it talking about my kid because when I would have rock and roll over on in the car, um, this song would come on and he'd be like, that ain't kiss. Okay, I know what it is. Hard luck like, woman. Yeah. And, you know... Which honestly, like, we're getting down to it. Like, Hard Luck Woman is probably, not even probably, like, it's the best Kiss ballad. And, you know, there's other Kiss ballads I really yeah. like, and obviously this is just an opinion, but it's really a great, great fucking song, man. I mean, it just sounds like it should be a Rod Stewart song. You know, like, you want to hear, like, yeah. 
Rod Stewart singing it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's, I think I already made the Rod Stewart comparison too. Um, but, well, with Peter Chris's voice and whatnot. But anyhow. Um, well, I guess Paul wrote it like for Rod Stewart and Gene's like, no, yeah. like, let's, let's right. Peter sing. So it makes sense. Yeah. But I would be, I almost kind of want to hear Rod Stewart sing it now that I'm talking yeah. about it, but not really. It's, you know, it really is like the perfect, it's the perfect ballad. Like, because Beth, it's like, Eh, it's pretty cheesy. It's not that it's a bad song or anything, but it's like, it's so yeah. corny. I don't really need to ever hear it again. I'd never get tired of hearing Hard Luck Woman. It's a really well-written song. There's great lyrics. And it's really the one time that Kiss ever sounded like that, precisely. You know, they never captured whatever that lightning in the bottle was at that time again. Yeah with any of those other future acoustic songs and stuff. They've had some great stuff, you know. I think some of the ballads in the non-makeup era and on were fucking killer. But, yeah, man, I don't know. To me, this is the perfect Kiss ballad, and I'm never tired of hearing it, you know, even though Harry insists that it's not a Kiss song. But maybe he, you know, he's right, right? Like, it should have been a Rod Stewart yeah. song, so. Hey, there's something, too, where... Uh, talking about uh, Kiss being on talk shows, there's something I came across where when I was kind of getting into Kiss, I saw on YouTube that Garth Brooks like sang it with Kiss back oh, in the yeah. And I'm like, holy shit, this is kind of cool. Well, he was on the yeah. Kiss My Ass tribute yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I think that's when they were on TV. Is that my stomach making that sound? Fuck. I thought it was mine. I don't know. I can't tell yeah. anymore, man, because I haven't eaten today either, so... I had a protein yeah. shake and a couple cups of coffee, but... I think it's mine. Oh, okay. God, I'm so hungry, I can't even feel my stomach growling anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so loud. Dude, Like, I feel like the microphone's probably picking it up, so that's hilarious. It's just sound effects from God of Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> well, for my next album, I would like you to come over after starving yourself for two days, <laughs> and I'm going to mic your stomach. <laughs> Oh, shit. Are we on six? Six. I'm going to say everything yeah. like Paul Stanley yeah. now. Dude, everything needs Kith. to be said like Paul Stanley. I have to say Kith. Uh, so here's mine. Here's my number six. How we're talking about like dumb Sixth. Kiss stuff and like dumb lyrics and just dumb songs. My number six is from Dress to Kill. It's Come On and Love Me. And at first I heard this song and I thought it was stupid because he's like. It's on my list too, but. Oh, shit. <laughs> but I just love this part where I was even listening to it on the way over here. And uh, Paul Stanley's like lyrics is like, she's a dancer or a romancer. I'm a Capricorn and something <laughs> yeah. a cancer. She's like, my cancer. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just I see like. Faith on a music magazine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I laughs> Whatever I just did. I tried doing some high lisp falsetto thing. Yeah. I'm not sure how that worked. Yeah, it's, it's just so stupid. <laughs> Apparently it didn't work. It's just like so, so the lyrics are so stupid. I'm There's... just going to say this. The Skid Row cover of that is fucking awesome too. Mm -hmm. Like I think maybe I fucking love that song because of the Skid Row cover. Yeah, so kind of like made me, strange ways. made me appreciate yeah. the Kiss version even more, you know, because I, dude, I love that fucking song, man. In fact, I'll just say that's my number six for the sake of not revisiting. Oh, shit. You know what I mean? Cause, well, because it was my number five, so I'll just uh, flip-flop. It was one of those where it's 
neither one of these were that. Okay. Damn, man. So. That's crazy. Yeah, I had, like, that's actually my note for that. Like, funny lyrics, but rocks. Funny lyrics, but rocks. Well, that's most yeah. of Kiss. Yeah. So that's kind of what you want. A three-minute, dumb, just fucking rock song. And what I was saying with Dream Theater, not everything has to be elaborate. Like, right. sometimes just a good fucking dumb rock song just fucking hits the spot, dude. I'm Makes not that fucking it, yeah. smart. I don't yeah. need you to sing to me like I am or like you are. Like, I just yeah. need some dumbass lyrics. Yeah, or not everything has to be a fucking love song just or like emotional. Just fucking like, just fucking rock just out. Just come on and love me. Yeah. <laughs> come, come on and come on and rock me. me. Uh, so okay, so you're putting that as your. Number I'll just six. call it my number six for the sake of not revisiting it because I think we said what we needed yeah. to say. All right. Uh, so I'll go with my number five, and it's still on the same album, "Dress to Kill." Ooh. So shit, now I've had three songs from "Dress to Kill." Uh, my number five is Rock Bottom. It's got the intro written by Ace. This kind of... Almost made my list. This kind of classically, kind of different-y sounding guitar riff thing. And then, boom, it just kicks in with Paul. Rock Bottom. Rock Bottom. Make me feel so good. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever the lyrics are. Well, that almost made my list. That is one of my favorites on that album. I don't have anything. I think they do that else. on the unplugged thing too. The unplugged yeah. version of that's fucking awesome too. Yeah. It is. Because doesn't yeah. don't they, don't they do the intro and then like they stop and Paul says something like that's real math or something. Yeah, there's something yeah. in there he like does. that. Yeah, I haven't listened to that in a while, but yeah, it's like yeah, he's like woo. <laughs> I don't know. Woo. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So, <laughs> so my number five, since "Come On and Love Me" was my number five, we'll flip flop them. It's "Going Blind." And that's oh, another god. one that I really like the fucking acoustic version of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's creepy Gene. It is creepy Gene. It is. Creepiest. It is. <laughs> I think maybe that's why I chose it too, because there's some kind of brilliance to that. Like creepy, creepy, creepiness. Like that one's not even fun. <laughs> like at least, like I feel like Christine sixteen. That was just some kind of pedophile cop out. Like I'm gonna write a really poppy song, yeah. and you're gonna love it because I don't quite have the balls to go full blown pedophile and be creepy. See, but, but with I going blind, almost... he just was like, I. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. what's the lyric like? Uh, I'm 23 or 16 or something like that. Like, is that what it was? No, I think you're thinking of going blind, like 90. That's what I just said. Yeah. 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 Like 90 and like a, uh, yeah. Man, I don't know. There's some huge like 70 year age gap. Yeah. But I could kind of, uh, how, how, or yeah, he says, he says, I'm 93 year 16. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Fuck, I don't know. I can't remember now. I don't know. But it's I on my to put list, it on my head and I don't even it's know. It's creepy. It is creepy. But I could kind of say that maybe Christine 16 isn't as creepy because maybe this was like Pete Kiss. So maybe he's trying to write something for the teenagers who would right. be playing in their car and they're like, right. oh, okay, I'm in high school. This yeah. is a high school thing. But right. this is just like. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why I was like, yeah, Christine 16. I'm not putting, I don't like yeah. that as much because it's like, yeah, it's creepy, but maybe yeah, not. Maybe but. 
Yeah. But this one, I give him props because he just full on was like, I don't give a fuck how creepy this is. I'm even going to make the song creepy and like yeah. have kind of a creepy tone to it. Yeah. I don't know. Because it does and it is and it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> you almost just made me feel like I should apologize for it being on my list, yeah. but I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm 93. I know it's 93. Well, I think does the ch- does the age change like every time he does it? I oh, think really? maybe it does. Maybe. I'd have to listen to it again because but... they're still together when he's getting even yeah, older. Maybe he's it's going like a... more blind. Yeah, I don't know. Or his love is blind. Maybe that girl. Maybe you the know, girl's blind. The thing is, and she doesn't know how old the dude is. I just I want to <laughs> believe there's something deeper there, you know. Yeah. And there probably is. Love knows no age. It's just people weren't really thinking quite as much back then. I don't think, obviously. So there's a lot of weird shit that happened back in the day. We won't get into, but uh, yeah, maybe he's making a statement on just love. Yeah, um, age is just a number. Age is just a number. Uh, that's a slippery slope. <laughs> well, um, all right. Well, yeah, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have put that on my list. Oh my god! Next thing you know, I'm on like I'm under investigation by the FBI. Like I don't know. <laughs> Go God! This Brent Storzum <laughs> sounds like your number five was going blind. We'll just move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. I had a whole thing going on in my head that yeah. Okay, never mind. Uh, so my number four is I actually flip flopped it in the car because I actually had a pen in the car. My number four is from the first Kiss album. Woo! <laughs> and it's 100,000 years. Dude, fuck. I had a hard time not having that on my list. That song is just... It is awesome. It's like... And even talking about the Kissology, the early shows, I think I I wanted to go back and watch Kissology Volume 1 this week, but I specifically, I think I remember this. They do that, and it's got this... Long little drum part or whatever. They always do like and the drum solo yeah, at the end of it. and It's black and white. And they don't have any kind of elaborate stage thing. They just have candles on stage, I think. Oh, yeah. So it looks creepy. It looks cool. And they're doing this 100,000 years. And then it's even got, like how he said, Gene's got some cool stuff. He almost does something worse. He sounds like he's revving up his bass. Vroom. It's like, vroom. Or something like I don't know. I'm moving my hands like yeah, a, like boom. a slide thing. Like, like a yeah. hundred thousand years, but boom, but boom, boom, and then they go into that like John Bonamy kind of drum thing. But it sounds fucking cool, and they never really done anything like that. No, I agree. Yeah, I had a hard time not putting that on my list, and I gotta admit, probably the only reason it's not on my list is because I didn't want to have too many songs from the first record. Oh, okay. So I had to. Yeah. I felt like at some point I had to get a little bit more diverse with my song selection and everything. Uh, what I love about that song is the fucking verse because <clears throat> when you see the old videos of him playing it live, it's almost like Paul Stanley's running in place when he's singing it, you know? <laughs> it's like it kicks in, he's like, you know, and he's fucking almost jogging in place. So, like, I can't hear the song and not just picture Paul Stanley with his guitar almost running in place, you know, while he's singing it. And... So it just makes me like if I was gonna sing it, I feel like I gotta get on my treadmill, just <laughs> jog and sing it, you know. So it's kind of like, well, it's like staying alive by the Bee Gees. Every time I hear that song, I just want to walk. <laughs> I just want to go for a walk, you know. I want to overdress, put on some nice loafers, 
<laughs> and I just want to take a walk, you know, at 120 BPM. So, uh, anyhow. <laughs> and I want to smile. I want to bleach the fuck out of my teeth and smile. Uh, was that your number four? Is yep, that where we're at? Four. My number four. This was, you know, I had to think on this one. I was like, it just kept coming back. And I was like, I'm going to put it on here because it is kind of just, I don't know. I don't want to say it embodies Kiss, but it's almost, I don't know. Fuck this whole whatever I'm trying to do to lead up to it. King of the Nighttime World from uh, Destroyer. And I don't know. It's just like a anthemic. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's just a sing-along, sing-songy yeah. kind of thing. King of the nighttime world. He's got the drum uh, in. Uh, 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 uh. I'm the king. I'm the king. I'm the king. And it keeps going like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I, it to me, it's like the perfect that and God of Thunder were like the two perfect songs on Destroyer. Which I know a lot of people argue, shout it out loud, and maybe that's just not on my list because it's just I've heard it a million times. I don't not enjoy that song, you know, or Detroit yeah. Rock City, you know. Yeah. But I guess like those two songs, you know. Spoiler alert! Like I didn't put those two songs or Rock and Roll All Night on my list. Me either. And I don't not like yeah. them. I love those songs. I still enjoy hearing them. It's just you know. You hear them so much, and they're so. Most people hear Kiss and think, like, if you said, "Hey, you know the band yeah. Kiss?" Oh yeah, shout it out loud, rock and roll all night, Detroit Rock City. Like, you know, so it's like you just don't want to pick. Like, if we did a Motley Crue episode, I'm not going to pick Doctor Feelgood. Mm. You know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to pick Home Sweet Home. You know, so. And most people would. They'd be like, "Oh, I'll buy that song, man." Well. Yeah, I, you know, it's fine. I like those songs still when I hear them and stuff, but I, I don't seek those songs out. Like, these are the songs I seek out. I go out yeah. of my way to listen to, you know what I mean? So. Um, here was something I was going to say um, about diving into the albums if we were going to. I think, like, Rock and Roll All Night is, like, the Kiss anthem. You know, they close right. all the shows. Everybody I think, knows I think it. Shout It Out Loud is a better anthem than that one, yeah. actually. And I kind of like how they're training off the vocals, and he's like, you gotta have a party. And he's like, turn it up louder. And they all have their own little parts in there, you know, that they do. I don't know. It just always puts uh, a smile on my face. It's a little, something. it's definitely over-the-top cheese. Yeah. But I used to really not like that song. Yeah. Over time, I guess it kind of was like, I can appreciate it for what it is, yeah. but, you know. It's that dumb rock There's song. just a like, lot of stuff yeah. on Destroyer where, yeah, they probably said, like, okay, let's take all of our characteristics and, and you know, mm-hmm. kind of embellish on that a little bit and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, anywho, hmm. where are we at? Uh, so you had your number four. I had my king in the nighttime world. So it's time my, for your number three. My number three is I did a flip-flop, and my number three is one that you already talked about, and it's Deuce! Deuce Even though it's a Deuce. Gene song. I was going to so say. 
Uh, but like, do that? when I first was getting into Kiss, I thought this song was fucking stupid. And then I looked up the lyrics, and he's like, "Get up and get your grandma out of here." Because I didn't know he said grandma. I thought it was something else. But I, th- I swear, I think he says, "Get up and get your grandma out of here." Like, fuck, we're gonna rock. Get your fucking old grandma out of here, man. We're gonna fucking rock. And he's like. Old Jim is working hard this year. So he, he's got this like dumb fucking lyrics. And then it's like even the deuce. But maybe it's really poetic too. Because he's like, he's like, hey, if your man isn't worth a shit, then deuces, get out of here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, like, yeah man. Um, if your man ain't making you feel good, then he's not worth the deuce. Yeah. I'm Baby! It's one of the best Kiss songs, just because it is stupid. <clears throat> it's fucking stupid. <laughs> it, it's, but it's, a lot of their songs... It's so stupid that it kind of fucking draws you in. That's the thing, is a lot of the songs are so like dumb when you break them down. Yeah. That that's what makes them great. Because they work be as the, rock songs, they yeah. don't work as a poem. This would be the one song that I would point to Kiss. Like how you said, the Alive album. It even has that Gene revving up thing. And then, here's something else. The fucking Lenny Kravitz version of this song. Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> I think I said Kravitz. With I don't head. know what you said, but, but anyways, it wasn't right. But that's that fine. That version of the song is fucking, dude, I just want to like dance and bounce off the walls and punch a drywall in your basement. Oh. That if you can repair it, that cover is I'm fucking past. fantastic, dude. And then it's got I think Stevie Wonder on harmonica. Yeah, dude, they just fucking. <clears> there were good covers song. on that. I yeah. like the Anthrax version of She. Yeah, there was cool stuff. There was weird stuff though too. Yeah, like wasn't Toad the Wet Sprocket and they yeah. do the sad rock and roll on that. Yeah, but yeah, that the fucking stupid. Deuce, Lenny Kravitz. Dude, Didn't Extreme just... do something really stupid too? Didn't Extreme do like a dumb version of? I think something. they did like two songs almost, didn't they? Because they kind of added something at the end. <clears throat> Fuck, I can't remember. I'd have to pull it back out. Yeah. Well, that's another podcast for maybe yeah. into the 90s era. Shit, yeah. But yeah, so my number three was Deuce. My number three so is Don't Shit on Kiss. Is that yeah. same album. Okay. Strider! Oh. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's a great song. Yeah. It's just always... I don't know. It's just a great, catchy song. Yeah. It's one of those that I don't have an explanation for, you know? Yeah. So, that's it. Wow, <laughs> that's, my, that's my explanation of why Strutter is my favorite song. It's, fuck you, I don't need to explain anything to you. Dude, you know what? Um, you only saw Kiss the one time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we saw them together. The first time I saw them, they played this song, and they were... Um, I saw him on the Motley Crue tour, Kiss and Motley Crue, and it was like 10 years ago. And this was a song where they were kind of swapping out something during the encore. I think the first song mm-hmm. in the encore, they were swapping something out, and they played Shredder. And I was kind of thinking, why don't they play Shredder every show? That should be a song that should be in the set list. Like, you would think. It should be a staple. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine it not being, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's some stuff that should be staples, but isn't. Because it's not like they have the hits, you know, like a Motley Crue. They really don't have as many hits as these other classic artists. You know, Aerosmith has tons of fucking hits, but really when you go to Kiss hits, it's what death is a hit. 
I think Hard Luck Woman was a hit, but then there's some stuff that the radio plays that they only play like Detroit Rock City and yeah. Rock and Roll All Night. Yeah, I mean, some of that stuff so. wasn't hits back in the day, and then even some of the stuff that was hits later doesn't carry on. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, really, other than Kiss fans, nobody remembers the song forever. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, um, I wish that uh, All Night would be in every. Fuck yeah, set dude! List. I wish that too. Hell yeah. We sleep. Actually, let's put the X in sex. Okay, that's a whole other episode. That's yeah. That's like the third episode. So we'll get to that later. That know. was just a little bit of a little a teether. A little teether trailer for the <laughs> next episode. Get your high for later. <laughs> oh man. We should have just prepared like a bunch of quotes from live Paul Stanley stuff, yeah. you know? You like orange juice? <laughs> you say that like, How many of y'all like to drink some alcohol? <laughs> Even though he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Cow gin. Oh, my God. Take it off. Uh, yeah. We, we visited the local, the local strip club. <laughs> you say something like that before yeah. doing take it off. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, Paul. If he ever listened to this, I don't think him and I would be cool anymore. Not that he was cool with me before. All right, so so where are we now? We are on to your number two. My number two is... Wait, your number deuce. Oh. (laughs) See what I did there, yeah. My number deuce (laughs) is uh, from Rock and Roll All Night, and... uh, it's a Gene song. It's from Rock and Roll All Night, or, or it's from Rock oh, wait, and Roll Rock Over. and Roll Over. Sorry. That's all right. We're Sorry. Getting Sorry, man. I'm getting. I'm. I'm pre-gaming for our dude. Barbecue, his baby. second beer. Yeah. Shit's getting real. All right, man. This is a signature Gene song. Calling Doctor Love. It's a fun one, dude. It is. Yeah. Calling Doctor Love, and it's got Calling Doctor Love. And then I think that this. No, I'm gonna call out the doctor. Yeah. But man, the A Sorry. solo in there, like, it just fucking like sounds like I don't know. But every time I hear it, it sounds like the guitar is like floating because he's like, <clears throat> and he's doing some like weird thing where it seems like Ace is like, I don't know. Maybe know? he gave his guitar drugs too. Yeah, like he's doing yeah. some gymnastic thing with his <laughs> guitar because he always would like lean back and it's like, right. It's fucking Ace, man. Calling Doctor Love. Calling Doctor Love. People are gonna stop listening if we keep singing. Yeah, we should probably stop singing. Oh shit! Or more people will listen. Yeah. Hey, listen to these assholes. But yeah, so your number two. My number two was your baby, number Deuce. My number two was Baby Driver. Oh yeah, that's right. So it was up that high. Damn so, shit! Cause yeah. I know you said it was on your list. That's Baby Driver. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, what a rider. You're getting pretty riled up. You know, here's here's my little rant on baby driver. I wish so you could see Andy's hair right now too. He's starting uh, to get some crazy hair. Is my vein popping out? Cuz yeah, sometimes Kelly said when I get fired up, my vein you do. You got pops it. Out. A little bit. Oh, okay. There's a vein in my temple. By the end of this episode, out. it might be bulging. So here's my little rant on Baby Driver, not to take over your uh, Baby it's Driver. Fine. I didn't pick. have a rant. We already uh, talked about it. So there was I... a movie, an Edgar Wright movie that oh, came yeah. out a few years ago Baby called Driver. Baby Driver. <clears throat> Why didn't they have the fucking song in that movie? You name a movie Baby Driver. Why not just have? Yeah. They were fucking about Peter kiss over. Like we do. That's what it was. Yeah. They were like, hey, 
hey, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. Yeah. Can we use this song? What song? Oh, no. That's a Gene song. Or Gene song. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was trying to be Gene. No, that's a Peter song. <laughs> that can't ever be in a movie, ever. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> I'll let you use any other kid song you want to use, but no no Peter Chris songs. You want to use Silver Spoon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Yeah, too bad I was... I shit the bed on my Gene impersonation, I feel like. Oh, no, man, you're fine. I didn't get deep enough with the voice, and then I... Yeah, just... I'm mad at myself for fucking <laughs> that joke up. All right, man. So we're on to number one, right? Yeah. What do I? One. I have a weird feeling we've got the same number one, but we don't. What album is it from? First one. Oh, okay. And then we don't. Uh, does it have a woo in it? No, but it should. <laughs> does it have a yeah? Woo! <laughs> does it make you want to call the firehouse? Oh, oh, that's your number one? <laughs> no, it's not oh. my number one. <laughs> Actually, no, it's not. But oh. I just wanted to say that because it, okay. it just popped in my head. <laughs> so, what's your number one, Andrew? Oh, shit. Well, when we did, woo, I thought of Crazy Nights. He's like, woo! Dan, dan, dan. <laughs> crazy Nights, woo! Crazy, crazy. You've been given a gift. It's called rock and roll. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all uh, right i'm scared my number one is love gun oh and how i said the album like to me it sucks but love gun is the fucking i think that that is the essential fucking kiss song it's got everything you want it's got the like you know sexed up lyrics or double entendre like a love gun oh. pull the trigger of my love gun talking about and it's dick. got the da 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 Dun, 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 dun. Love gun. It's got this fucking, fucking like makes your blood pump it's up. It's about fucking. Yeah, dude. This is everything I want in a kiss song. It's dude. everything Andy wanted in a kiss song. It's about dick. Yeah. <laughs> dude, and the album even came with a love gun or a little like a gun thing or yeah. something. It was in, what was that? Uh, like you said something about a dick. Stifler's oh. like, yeah, he's talking about his dick. What was dick. that? Where uh, they were role like models. Role models, yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, he's talking about his dick. <laughs> or something. <laughs> that was so stupid, but yeah. perfect at the yeah. same time. Oh, my God. But yeah, Love Gun, man. That's the fucking, that is the fucking kiss jam. That is. I'll give you that. You're right, though. And it is like the one song off that album that is fucking solid as shit. Yeah, dude. And then it's all from there. I think I Stole Your Love is cool. Yeah, that's okay. Fucking Love Gun, man. Love Gun is a great song. I think people bought the album just for that. I just want to hear Paul Stanley talk about how it's about his penis, you know. This next song's about my penis. (laughs) God, Paul, where were you on that one? Yeah. Oh, well. Okay. My number one is Black Diamond. Oh, shit, yeah. <clears throat> I've already expressed yeah. how much I love Peter as a singer. Mm. I wish he would have sang more Kiss songs. I think this was the perfect arrangement song, like yeah. something that wasn't – like it's not a dumbed-down Kiss song, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a really great – Song, I love the intro. And on the streets, I will live it. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Right? Dude, it is a cool fucking song, man. Yeah. And then it kicks in, you know. 
and just the chorus with a ooh, you know, black diamond, bump, bump, diamond, yeah. I don't know. I'm just throwing shit in there. No, dude. But it is a fucking. It's yeah. got some cool fucking parts to it. Like how yeah. I said, Love Gun's got cool fucking parts. Right. It's maybe not like the most Kiss Kiss song, but it's. I would say it is the best song they've ever yeah. written. Yeah. Best arra- arrangement that works cohesively as a pop song with yeah. a really great catchy chorus and with good lyrics without, you know, yeah. doesn't have, you know, a lot of the cheese dick lyrics they had later on and everything, which yeah. kind of defined Kiss a little bit. But again, it was this is one of those examples of why I love the first album so much because they never, there was a lot of things about the first album on the first album they never ever 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 fucking did again in their entire career they just never did that again yeah and then like what you're saying is there's this really long like outro on there it's like totally different too for like a kiss song right not to go into a whole other era but you think about the elder where they're trying to do something that's like more serious songwriting for them and more uh getting a little weird or whatever but like they already I think that all the shit they were trying to achieve with the elder, you know, other than that, supposed to, you know, it's supposed to be a uh, like a concept record and everything. Other than all that nonsense, I feel like everything other than that element of it that they were trying to do artistically, it's like, come on, guys, you already did it on the first two records, like. Yeah. Just go back and capture that fucking magic again. and But that's the thing, is I think the first two records, they weren't overthinking it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They weren't, like, trying to do that. They were just doing it. Then they dumbed themselves down to just doing basic pop songs because that's they found that that worked. Verse, chorus, verse, chorus, guitar, solo, chorus. Yeah. We're out. And then, you know, then all of a sudden they hit this moment of like, oh, we want to do a artsy record. So yeah, you kind of as you as you get farther and farther and that big, maybe they got too big where they thought they just were like, well, we need to do something else. It's kind of like Metallica and Saint Anger. They're like, well, like we need to do something else and strip it back. But then they lose sight of what they were doing right. back then because they're not the same people that they were. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, it's like you can't recapture your yeah. youth. Kind of same reason like uh, new tattoo from Motley Crue sucks. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to write, you can't do a Too Fast for Love part two, man. Like, you know, you yeah. can't write, you can't be like a fucking 40-year-old millionaire and write the same shit you were writing when you were 18, 19 years old and hungry as fuck yeah. and didn't have a pot to piss in, like, and you're trying to prove yourself. I mean, it's just a different thing, so, you know. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, like what we're saying, all bands <clears throat> kind of do that. They try yeah. to recapture something that they can't recapture. You might as well just keep progressing. There's no point in trying to recapture that shit, you know. If your fans don't like the stuff you're doing now, then, like, you just need to hope that you, you know, get new fans, I guess, or, you know, yeah. whatever, or your old fans come around. But, like, you Yeah, know. you just got to be true to who you are. Right. And then if it's good, people will listen to it. Yeah. Take it from Andy. Hmm. That was a good inspirational quote. Huh. Oh, sometimes I have moments. It actually of really was. <laughs> oh. I need I another want, beer. I didn't want you to think it was sarcasm. I thought, you know, hey, that's probably something a lot of people need to hear. That pretty well wraps up the episode. 
the next one <laughs> will be we'll do another kiss one at some point. Kiss chapter two. Yeah. We were talking about doing a Prince episode. Yeah. Which I think Prince we're gonna have to he's got so much we stuff. We're gonna have to break too. that down into sections like this as well. And I'm really excited to do the Prince thing because obviously I'm a huge Prince fan and I've been on a pretty big Prince kick anyhow lately for whatever reason. And I just want to share that, dude, I did not even really dig that Welcome to America album that he put out, mm. you know, or he didn't put it out, his family did, but he intentionally didn't put it out for whatever reason. And uh, lately, though, I'd been wanting to give it a second chance. Like, ah, maybe I should just buy it on vinyl, and if I'm listening to it down here and I'm in my fucking element, you know, drinking a couple beers, maybe I'll get it. Maybe I'll get it, and I'll find the genius in it. So I'm on Amazon. I just searched Prince Vinyl. And dude, like the $100 fucking box set version of that album that had like the extra live stuff and everything was marked down from $100 to like, what was it, $32. Yeah, it was like... It was like ridiculously cheap. I was like, what the fuck? And like the regular album was marked down to like 17. And I thought, well, I'm just going to buy this because I actually, the live stuff really appealed to me more than buying the record did. But I didn't want to ever spend $100 on that deluxe version. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I was like, fuck, $32. I fucking buy that. Like, that's worth it just to have. I would pay that just for that live album, you know, or the. Whatever, because it's like a four, was it like a four LP thing? So it ended up being a good deal, man. I was pretty Damn. stoked about that. So, so you did that pull was a good trigger find. on it? Oh, instantly. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> so I was like, hey, honey, this will be here on Mother's Day. I bought myself a Mother's Day gift. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited about that one. But other than that, it's been a good episode. Dude, it has. I'm excited for... Uh, everyone to listen to our singing skills and our Paul Stanley impressions and uh, you know until next time woo good